Watson with the keeper. The game is never over till the end. He's in! Whenever that clock strikes zero. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. There is no offseason. Nuke with the TD catch! For your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. A goes still handles. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Watt trips him up for a sack. Oh my goodness! Now from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans, and we are not inside NRG Stadium. I am in the Hyundai Texans Radio home studio. So I'm not really in a Hyundai, although there's one outside, a beautiful Santa Fe. But uh, I'm at home. Like many of you, I am here. I am the self-quarantine type. Uh, we're all doing our best to, uh, to play by the rules here, whatever rules we have, and they're changing by the moment. And the mayor and county judge announced, uh, I guess a little over an hour ago, that bars and restaurants in the Houston area will close. I don't know about all areas. I don't know about Fort Bend County yet, and I apologize about that. want to do a better job being a public servant here on the airwaves, but uh, that announcement about bars and restaurants, other than takeout, uh, shutting down as of 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, I believe, in the Houston area, and you felt like that one was coming. And John Harris, who's uh, having a vacation this week, of all weeks to pick a vacation, but it is spring break in Harris County and a little bit beyond. I had mine last week. He joins us now. And, Johnny, can you hear me? How you doing? Mark, it sounds like you're right next to me. This is uh, This is strange and weird. Uh, we are not anywhere near our studio. We are not anywhere near each other. But I guess that goes to show that maybe 2020 isn't so bad that technology is actually okay. Uh, but maybe the rest of 2020 is just bad. Yeah, maybe just the rest of it. Okay. And I know we have a lot yeah. to get to. We're going to talk about hop. We're going to talk about all of it here tonight. But, you know, Sports Radio 610 doing a tremendous job keeping everybody informed and keeping everybody distracted to whatever degree they can because this is such important stuff going on right now i mean it feels like 9-11 in reverse in slow motion it just feels so strange uh, i don't have anything to compare it to in my lifetime it reminds you of different aspects of other things we've been through as a society but this is such a global thing and we all have to get through it together and do the best we possibly can to power through this thing and keep healthy and get back to normal as quickly as possible. John, I don't know how you see it, but, I mean, that's it. I mean, it, it, you have to kind of give into it. it. It's weird because a hurricane recovery effort is let's rebuild, let's get strong, let's open back up, let's get business rolling again. There's this feeling that you have some sort of control once it's over. But this thing, you don't feel in control. You feel like the only thing you can control possibly is just staying out of people's way and them staying out of your way. But you want to live some life. You want to do your job. You want other people to be able to do their job. It's a very weird dynamic, and we're all getting adjusted to it. Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, when it pertains to hurricanes, Mark, it's sort of like our grit and our toughness sort of get us through. And this is one of those – it's a little bit more of a nuanced situation. It's – wait a second. I just – I need to just stay home? Like, wait, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do here. So it, it's definitely different. But I think from uh, from out of this, it'll be interesting to see what changes we all make in our lives going forward, et cetera. But, Mark, it was interesting last week being on with Seth in the morning because things were changing so rapidly. You know, we'd start the show. And, I mean, we started – you know, I did Monday through Friday with him, 6 to 10. And what we talked about in the, in the morning – there would be a couple things that I would then bring back at night, but it would be so different 
because things were changing so rapidly that we'd start the yeah. day and you know the NCAA tournament was on and then I'd start all access at six o'clock and by that time the NCAA tournament was off and it was just the the magnitude of things and and I think you know you and I and and Drew and DP did a uh, Wednesday night draft where we talked about we'll remember sporting events no matter what we'll remember where we were I think mm-hmm. Wednesday and Thursday of last week we will absolutely no doubt remember where we were when we saw the NBA suspended its season. I mean, I, I can I see it in my head right now, being in Chick-fil-A's drive-through, and Rudy Gobert just tested positive, and a few tweets later, the NBA suspended its season. And it's like, yep. I, I mean, I'll never forget that. I mean, that was and that was really the first big domino domestically that had to fall. So it's been it's been you know crazy times, but you know it's something that that we can all get through and hopefully people are heeding the call of our health officials and our president, no matter how you feel about him from a political standpoint, who really cares following what the health professionals are saying, and what he's saying. And hopefully we do that. We can keep the spread, um, you know, from overcoming our hospitals. And that really is, you know, as we talked about, that's, that's obviously, I mean, how many stories have you read Mark over the last few days where somebody has contracted COVID-19 and it's just progressed so quickly that, you know, somebody goes from not having symptoms to five days later, they're on a respirator. I mean, I was reading one of yeah. those today, and it about tore my heart out because the guy was 45. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 48 at the end of this month. I'm like, good grief, you know. And so hopefully those warnings uh, will be enough and people will start to make changes and we'll get through these next two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, two months, whatever it might be. Um, and, and everybody's going to lose out on things. I mean, Mark, my daughter, we were just talking to her upstairs. Uh, a little while ago about the fact that, you know, it's your senior year in high school. I mean, think about your senior year in high school and all the great yeah. things you get to do and, you know, prom and graduation. And, you know, those things are, are probably off. And, and I hate it for her that she won't be able to experience some of those things. And, you know, so now it's on us to get creative and give her something. Hopefully, you know, she'll remember when it's time to be able to do that. Um, but it's been, it's been sort of tough. And, you know, free agency uh, today, you know, starting with the tampering period was, Okay, that, that kind of got our, our minds off it a little bit, I think. Um, and then, obviously, the bomb was dropped today about the Texans making the trade uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and I think that we, we got to go there right now because this is the story of the day and, and one of the stories of the year, no matter what happens from here, is that DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise, is going to be traded reportedly. The team is not able to announce anything about this yet, the Cardinals, the Texans. But you've read the reports. DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for David Johnson and a second rounder. And and Arizona gets a fourth out of the deal. And Nuke had three years left on his contract. I mean, we could talk about contracts and things like that, but we don't really get into that in this show. I, I think that, Johnny, I want to go two directions with this. One of them is I want to acknowledge everything Nuke has done for the franchise. And another one is, to the best of my ability, try to put yourself in the shoes of those making this arrangement. And I don't know where it's going from here, but I can tell you this, that it's March and they're not playing Sunday. And often when there's a move made by this franchise, and I've been around here for all of them, that's unpopular, that gets this kind of reaction, and I see what kind of reaction it's getting, uh, most often... I have to preface everything with saying, look, this is not the end of this, okay? This is not the team they're going to battle with in September. They have other moves they're going to make. 
I don't know what they are, but believe me, and I think you can echo this, that the receiving core they have right now, the group of guys catching passes on the roster right now, this is going to look pretty darn different on opening day. I don't know who's in, who's out. We can hypothesize. We can speculate. But it's not like, oh, subtract DeAndre and whatever's left on the roster is what you're lining up with on opening day in September. It's going to look different. If there's anything that, that we have learned, especially over the last couple of years, it is that it's not over by any stretch. I mean, you, we could be talking in, in five minutes, Mark, and there could be something that happens. And I, I look at it, and you know how I think about things you know, as it pertains to the draft. You know, the draft this year, there are a boatload of wide receivers out there. Now, will you make a claim that one of them is DeAndre Hopkins tomorrow? No. Um, DeAndre, you know, was a, was a special receiver. You know, he, he could do things that uh, a lot of guys in this league could. But when you start looking around the league, and, and I say to you, Mark, what are the great receivers in this league? You know, Michael Thomas, not a first-rounder. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a late first-rounder. Uh, Keenan Allen, L.A. Chargers, third-rounder. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys you can, you can look at it and say, man, we found our number one wide receiver um, somewhere other than the first round, whether it was a trade, uh, whether it was drafting a guy on day two or even on day three, you can make a case for a lot of those guys. Now, do teams have first rounders? Yeah, absolutely. Is this draft going to have some receivers going the first round? There's no question. But this draft has a ton of wide receivers in it. Some of them that you know play like hop, some they won't be able to find it, whatever pick. Here's the other thing. They're going to have a pick, and I think the Cardinals' pick is either 39 or 40. So they're inching their way towards the first round. Not that that really matters all that much, but they'll be picking early in the second round. And, you know, I know a lot of people just coming to grips with, there's no more DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, what's next? And that, I think, is the one thing we have to get to. And I think, yeah, it's feeling the sort of shock of it all, like what just happened? And I, I spent this morning listening to Sean and Seth talk about the rumors of Peter King putting it in his article. And so I'm listening to him talk about this. I was like, oh, man. And then it happened later in the afternoon. And so you start thinking, okay, what's next? Yeah, we're going to wallow in it a little bit. But it's a 2020 season to play. You know, at some point, I hope, um, there's a team to put together. And they've shown, this, uh, this administration has shown, they're not just going to sit idly by and just let things go, oh, we're going to trade him and not have a plan for what they're going to do after this. Last year, Larry Tunsil, Kenny Stills. You know, they brought in players all the entire weekend that came in and helped. Even the players they got in the Jevion Clowney deal, in the third round, they were, get, were able to help the 2019 team because they went out and got Gary and Connolly. So what you said is dead on. What they've done, what they've done today is step one in a multi-step plan to put the 2020 season in full focus, and hopefully that's what they'll be able to do. Look, there's, there's free, agent, free agency dollars to be had. They re-signed uh, or are going to re-sign Bradley Roby, which I think is going to be a good move for that cornerback group. Uh, and now they've got to find a pass catcher that can go along with Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, and they've got to make sure that those guys stay in the field for 16 games. I don't know what they have to do, um, but they've got to make sure those guys stay in the field. But whatever guy they bring in, you know, Kiki QT, time to step up time to be that guy in the third year is he Hopkins no but he is is he a player that can make some things happen yes and then who is it whoever they bring in as a free agent or young guy those guys have got to pick this thing up pick this offense up and be ready to roll by the time they get to training camp 
look, there's not going to be as much hitting as going on in training camp over the next few years. Maybe that starts in 2020. But mentally, they got to get on board, and they got to get on board with Deshaun Watson very quickly. Yeah, and I think having Deshaun Watson is one of the reasons why they feel, for lack of a better word, comfortable or confident in making a deal like this and their ability to build around Watson. And without getting into some of the numbers contractually and you know what, what people want and what people get and what you need to pay current people on the roster as you move forward, uh, I think this affords them the opportunity to really build the core of the team and not just middle class, but maybe upper middle class players and maybe players that you can draft that are going to turn into something really special. But look, I admit, I, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody right now, I love DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of my favorite yep. players in the history of the franchise. My 14-year-old, I didn't want to get into his reaction today. I mean, I had to do grief counseling. My seven-year-old wanted to move to Arizona immediately. He's seven. Uh, he's that popular a player. You know, he's one of your top three most popular players on this team. And, you know, we could rank him however you want to do it, but he's one of the most. And he's meant so much to the history of this organization. And I, I don't want to say he's won games by himself, but sometimes it's felt like that. And it's been a tremendous run. It's professional sports. Sometimes these things happen, and this happened. So let's go. you got to move forward. Look, I've been, Johnny, I, you know this. I've been around for all of them, man. I'm, I'm Mario yeah. Williams the night before the draft and how, how upset yeah. people were about that. Uh, Vince Young, 39-yard TD running overtime, and he's going to win five Super Bowls, and I love Vince. You know that. But uh, it's going to spell doom for the Texans for eternity. Uh, you know, name them. I mean, there have been a bunch of them, and you just have to let things play out, especially in this situation. Look, what were we talking about last year in free agency? Whatever they have now is not what they're going to end up with. And, boy, no. we, our best guess was way off because of the acquisition of Tunsil on Labor Day weekend and Kenny Stills and what Carlos Hyde, those guys, meant to this football team. Now, Johnny, i got a question for you about David Johnson because no one's saying they're getting Eric Dickerson in his prime here. But <laughs> what are they getting in David Johnson? What's the upside here in that running back? Well, I think with David Johnson, it's funny. When he came out of another Iowa, I thought he was – you know, there's a possibility something's going to take him and put him at wide receiver because he was that good of, of receiving running back. And then in 2016, he showed, man, he can do it both. You throw him the ball in the backfield. I mean, I've seen him run routes. I remember in 2017, or, uh, uh, we saw him in the preseason of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because Brock, Brock was yeah, – yeah, Brock. Um, so Brock was there. So it was 2016. And I remember watching him run routes in pregame, and I'm like, wow, that's a running back? Whew, boy. And then he ends up having – a season for the ages. 2017, he gets hurt. He misses the whole season. 2018, you know, comes back, isn't quite where, uh, you know, he wanted to be. And in 2019, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury comes in, and it's a completely different offensive uh, mindset of what they want to do, how they want to do it. They make a deal for Kenyon Drake. They think Drake fits a little bit better than David Johnson. And so I think, you know, Arizona looked at it and thought, ah, he's probably not the right fit for us. But I think for the Texans, and, and I got the feeling, this is just my hunch, but I got the feeling that the Texans liked him when he was coming out of the draft in 2015. Now look, I can do math. I understand that's four years ago. And in running back mm-hmm. uh, terms, uh, that's a little bit longer. But I do feel like you've got a dual-threat guy, a guy that catches the ball in the backfield, a big guy who can run downhill. Um, I wouldn't say he's a power back. A guy that's not, he's not a power back. He's a powerful guy. But he's not a power back. He's not going to run over guys. Um, he's not going to put his shoulder down and, and take you on. Now, I think he can do it, but that's just really not his game. His game is you match up on linebackers, catch the ball in the backfield, 
run the zone game. I think he's going to be good in the zone game. Um, and then the key is, and, and I hate to harp on this, Mark, but he's got to be healthy. I think he's got to be healthy. And that was something he obviously wasn't in 2017. Uh, 2018, when he came back from the injury, he wasn't kind of – he wasn't all the way there. Uh, 2019, he just fell out of favor with the, new, with the new staff. And it was time to move on. And we've seen players have that happen, where they fall out of favor with the new coaching staff that comes on. They go somewhere else. They're rejuvenated. And they have, uh, you know, a little – little B12 boost, if you will, for that particular season and beyond. And I think that's what they're hoping they can get uh, with David Johnson. Like I said, you get a second and David Johnson. So you get a guy, obviously, in David Johnson to help you in the receiving game. Um, so that they takes a little bit. You know, those are going to be some of the targets. He's going to help you in the run game. And um, then your second rounder, you've got some options now. Now you've got two second rounders. Um, you, you brought in, like we said, you re-signed Bradley Roby. Corner is still probably up there. You haven't spent a ton of free agent dollars at this point. Maybe you have a, a free agent or two you're going to bring in to help answer pass rush, another, maybe another corner. Um, and then maybe you put some of those assets into getting uh, the best possible receiver or two that you can get out of this draft. Here's the thing about the draft, though. Do you know when you're going to be able to sit down with some players and go, hey, here are some of the questions I need answered in, a, in an interview setting? I don't know if you're going to be able to get those. So you may have to rely on – what you had a chance to talk to him at the Combine, what you had a chance to talk to him about the Senior Bowl, what you saw during the season, and really just trust what you saw on film more than anything else because you won't have a pro day and you won't have, I would imagine, on-campus interviews. So you may be drafting blind a little bit, but I know the guys in the scouting staff have done a really good job of studying these players and being ready for maybe not for an event like this, but being ready – anything that could happen during the draft season, and they're going to be ready for this. I already talked to some of the scouts, talked to James, Lip, James Lipford. They're obviously concerned, just like everybody else is, for everybody's health, et cetera. But as far as draft goes, I think they feel pretty good about what board they put together. They're putting together, and they'll be ready to go. And hopefully with those two second-round picks they have now, they'll be able to find a guy that hopefully can play receiver and fit into that group. Yeah, I mean, good point. They don't get the in-person facility visit, but they do have the backlog of information, the background, the, the combine research. Maybe they met him on campus. I don't know. And you talk to people who have worked with the guy that you trust, who are on his yeah. college staff that you trust and know and get those backdoor references. Johnny, I know you have time with the family, and you know we love visiting, and uh, I've got McLean on next, so I really appreciate the time, and I got a feeling we'll be talking again this week, my friend. Yeah, no doubt. And, Mark, I want to echo what you said about Hop. You said he's one of your favorites. I mean, he was my favorite in the building. I love talking to him at all times. Uh, he just, oh, he would find me on the sidelines when, he, when a, a play was being reviewed, and he would ask whether he got his toes in bounds, and we would just talk. We, we had a good relationship. I wish him the best. I won't miss the heck out of him. I know a lot of people will. Um, he did a lot of good things for the Texans. But, you know, we get a chance to cry in our beer tonight and then start putting this thing together for 2020 and beyond tomorrow. All right, Johnny. Hey, thanks a lot, my friend. John yeah, Mark, Harris Mark, Mark. joining us on Texans All Access tonight. We are out of the building because we are quarantining. Now, everybody in the building, not everybody, it's kind of a skeleton crew over there at NRG Stadium. I'm going to be in there a little bit this week myself, but we're trying not to all go in there at once and really keeping the facility shut down for the most part uh, so we can play by the rules here and get through this together. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle next. We'll keep it going on Texans Radio. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial, or else. I'm 
Whitney Merciless, starting outside linebacker for your Houston Texans. For the latest on your favorite team in mind, go to HoustonTexans.com. In the home studio today, I was watching uh, HBO's uh, John Oliver show last week, tonight, last night, and he had uh, this white background behind him. He was not in his normal studio. A lot of people not in their normal place of business, and that's the case tonight as John McClain joins us right now on the line. Mark Vandermeer with you, Texans All Access General. We haven't talked in a while. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. It's obviously uh, weird times. How are you with your family and coping with the situation at hand? And by situation at hand, I don't mean the trade of DeAndre Hopkins necessarily. We'll get to that in a moment, but with the virus and everything associated with it. I'm doing fine. I'm at home. My wife's in Florida. We're both following every guideline we can. Sounds good. Okay, General. So Nuke gets traded to Arizona for a second-round pick. David Johnson coming here. A fourth-rounder goes there. So what do you make of it as I was pointing out in the first segment, look, this is not the team they're going to go to battle with in September, but as far as this trade goes and what might follow, you have to feel like they're going to do more at wide receiver, obviously probably in the draft, but maybe even through free agency. What are you thinking? I just wrote a column for tomorrow about how I think Bill O'Brien will sign a receiver. The one I'd love to see them get is Robbie Anderson from the Jets as Will Fuller type speed and it was productive for the Jets, but there's a lot out there. But of course, none is as good as DeAndre Hopkins. And with the 40th overall pick, they could get a really good receiver prospect because it is a great draft for receivers. It's talented and it's deep, but you got to get the right one. I also could see Bill O'Brien possibly packaging a deal to try to get back into the bottom of the first round to get a receiver he likes. And but I think he will definitely get one in free agency, and I think he'll definitely get one in the second round. All right. What about David Johnson? What do you think they're getting with him possibly? You remember when they made the trade for Duke Johnson last year? Bill O'Brien wanted a back who could catch the ball really well out of the backfield. Duke Johnson did that. He's he's really good at it. Now David Johnson in this Johnson and Johnson backfield, he he is a great receiver. And he was a good runner. His second year in the league, he was tremendous. And the Cardinals gave him a monster contract. Then he missed 2017 with a wrist injury. Came back in 2018, ran for 940 yards, seven touchdowns, three catching, and caught 50 passes. And last year, even though he was he was benched and they brought in Kenyon Drake, he was still a good receiver. He averaged 10.3 yards out of the backfield. So he's six one, he's two twenty three, he's twenty eight years old, and uh, uh Bill O'Brien targeted him for he's seen something in David Johnson like you saw in Carlos Hyde. I remember when he made the trade for Carlos Hyde, I just yawned about it. I thought, well they'll get six or seven hundred yards out of him and Hyde responded with his best season. Johnson could respond. I doubt we'll see his best season because 2016 was tremendous, but he could get 1,000 yards like Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson have a repeat of his first season with the Texans. They'd be very happy with the backfield. But the key is I feel a lot more confident in David Johnson because he's had two good years than I do in a free agent receiver new coming into the system or a rookie who is unproven. But that's the path they've chose to take in and take. And the guy that's got to be the happiest player in the NFL right now is Kyler Murray. 
to get DeAndre Hopkins going into his second year. I'm waiting. I think it'll be very interesting to see if, unlike the Texans, the Cardinals will redo Hopkins' last three years on his contract. Do you feel like with uh, – obviously, we always thought if Will Fuller can stay healthy – I mean, we've said that that prefix an awful lot when, when describing Texans' chances to do things. But Will Fuller, I feel like when he's out there, he's kind of the number one guy in the way he commands attention. Obviously, Hopkins has all the numbers because he's available and he's been able to make plays over the years. But what about moving forward with Will and maybe what they could possibly get out of Kiki QT? And you mentioned Kenny Stills. I mean, he's he's been good for them in short time, in short order. Well, you know, they can't count on Fuller full full 16 games. He's never played 16 games. If he could, that would be great because when he was in, they were seven points more on offense than they were without him. And he's been tremendous when he's healthy. 1A to Hopkins 1. QT, I don't know anybody can count on him considering the year he had as as a sophomore. But he flashed enough as a rookie to show them what he's got the ability to do. Kenny Stills, like Fuller, going into the last year of his contract. I thought, Mark, even with Hopkins, they might look at a receiver in the draft just because of the second third guys. Fuller and Stills are going into the last year of their contract. But now it becomes the biggest priority. Bringing back Bradley Roby took the, the – uh, made that where it's not the top priority. Still need a corner. Still need a pass rusher. But wide receiver is the highest priority on this team right now and probably will be going into the draft, no talent, no matter who they sign in free agency. Your reaction to the signing of Roby? We talked about this a couple of times that after the combine, they seem to have, I think, got a handle on what some of these agents are going to want for free agent corners. His deal three years has a maximum value of 36 he'd have to stay healthy and reach every incentive to make that so he didn't break the bank i thought at 27 he'll play at 28 he might have gotten more money on the market but with him and i'm guessing they're going to pick up the fifth year option on gary on conley and uh lonnie johnson jr going into the second year it's not as big a need but i still say they take a receiver with the first pick in the second round, 40th overall, I could still t- see him taking a corner, 57th, and then go with the next three picks, one in the third and two in the fourth, uh, looking at pass rushers. So, And they're going to have to have to get a nose tackle if D.J. Reader signs with another team as expected. Day one of free agency, really it's just the legal tampering period, so nothing's official yet, but... We have Tannehill, that's official, staying with the Tennessee Titans. No surprise to you, I'm sure. And they tag Henry. They lose Jack Conklin. Your thoughts on their situation? The Alcoa could lose Dennis Kelly, Tim Kelly's younger brother, Texans offensive coordinator. His contract's up, so they've got to find the right tackle. And uh, they wanted Tannehill all along. They were never seriously interested in Brady. They just let the media do their bidding. They never denied it because that was good for the Tannehill negotiations. What a great deal for him. Three-fourths of a great season, and it capitalized big time. Mark, it's all about timing. You know that. I know that. And, boy, did he take advantage of it. And uh, I think uh, I have no idea where Brady's going. I guess I guess he'll go Tampa or back to New England. 
Yeah, I mean, we all want to see, and the San Francisco thing didn't work out. I wasn't surprised that they wanted to stick with Garoppolo at all, really, considering he just brought them to a Super Bowl. He missed one big throw at the end. I get it. He didn't win the game. He didn't play great in the fourth quarter. But he got them there, or helped to. Any year before he was out with a torn ACL, I would say that's pretty good rebound. And, yeah, he didn't do that at the end of the fourth quarter. But what Brady do to beat Tennessee at home in the playoffs? Nothing. And uh, so uh, I don't blame them for sticking with Garoppolo, not needing another – and then needing another quarterback in a year or two. And it would be a surprise, you know, if, if the Raiders all of a sudden step up and they're interested, even though they've prayed, praised the heck out of Derek Carr, but all of a sudden they step up and they want to bring Brady in there, that would make a whole lot of sense. But the Buccaneers have not tried to hide their interest. Their GM, Jason Light, came from the Patriots, won Super Bowl rings there. He knows Tom Brady very well. Bruce Arians is getting in retirement age, so if, if they sign him and it doesn't work out for two years, he can just retire and walk away. I'm guessing right now he'd like to go out in a blaze of glory with Tom Brady at his side. DeForest Buckner goes from the 49ers to the Colts for the 13th pick, and I don't like seeing Buckner in the AFC South at all, but a lot of people are saying the 13th pick, really, and then all the money you have to pay Buckner might not have been worth it. It's kind of unballard like I guess they saw a tremendous need there, and they've also let go of Marcus Hunt. I was very, very surprised when I saw that for that pick. They might have been able to get the second-best defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw, uh, from South Carolina. Uh, I was just stunned they gave up a pick that high. But Chris Ballard knows what he's doing. I also thought maybe they would take Henry Ruggs the third with that pick. And uh, so many things are changing. I'm doing my seventh mock draft tonight that will be posted Tuesday morning on Texas Sports Nation. i got to change a lot of things around including the Texans, based on moves that have happened the last couple of days. What about the Jags with the tag of Yannick and Gakwe? Not a surprise there, probably setting up a trade, and also Calais Campbell being shipped off. For a coach and general manager like Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, who we think are coaching and general managing for their, for their jobs, they're getting rid of players for draft choices, and that's for a team building for the future. So it's very strange indeed. Usually they'd be a team trying to acquire veteran players to help them bounce back, but instead they're getting rid of key players who've been very good for them. And uh, I was stunned because getting a four and a five for A.J. Boyer and Clayus Campbell doesn't seem like much. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like much at all. All right, let's go around the league here outside of the AFC South. Dallas with the tag of Dak. Byron Jones gone to Miami, by the way. What do you think of the Cowboys? I think it's good for him. Miami had more money to spend and cap than any team, and that's great. And I'm guessing Amari Cooper is going to sign with another team as well. And everybody knew Jones was gone, but they tried to get Cooper signed, and he couldn't do it. Not saying he won't go back there, but that's two key players off the Cowboys, and that's not good. Teddy Bridgewater and the Bears, there are talks reportedly. Do you think he ends up there? What could happen to him? If Bridgewater goes there, doesn't he expect to be the starter? I can't believe after a eight, I think the Bears, were they seven, nine, or eight and eight? I can't remember, but I can't imagine they would give up on Trubisky. If I'm Bridgewater, I sit tight and I see what's out there that I might could get a starting job. 
But maybe they feel like, hey, Chicago's like Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill, good place to go to get your foot in the door, make sure it never comes out. Clowney to the Giants, General. I think that's a great deal for the Giants. They play, well, I guess they're playing a 4-3. Joe Judge, new coach, comes from New England where they play a 3-4. Clowney does both, of course. And uh, Seattle wanted to keep him, but they didn't want to pay him a lot of money. Clowney's going to be under a lot of pressure uh, with the Giants if with all that media up there, and they'll be all over him if he's not consistent. So do you think there's a big move coming for the Texans as far as free agent signing? I mean, fairly big, marquee, catching move, or are we looking at a lot of acquisitions like last year, which were good acquisitions like Gibson and Fells and those types of players? I think more along those lines. I think this, any move they make on a wide receiver is going to be big because of who he's supposed to replace. And if he was a name or somebody like that, uh, then that'd make it bigger. But I don't see Bill O'Brien, when he's trying to re-sign his players, trying to sign extensions with Watson, Tunzel, and Cunningham, going out there and spend 15 or $16 million on a player. If he's going to do that, he could keep D.J. Reader. I think Reader's gone. But if they want to make a splash with some player, they could just re-sign Reader as they did Roby. And so I think it'll be just like last year. All right, so what do you have in the Chronicle? You mentioned that column tomorrow on possibilities at receiver for the Texans. This Hopkins trade is so big. We've got Brian Smith, Jerome Solomon, me, Aaron Wilson. We're all writing about it. We've got stuff on Texas Sports Nation as well. This is going to resonate for quite a while, trading a player this big, this important, and this valuable in, in this history of this franchise. It's certainly a big deal, and we'll talk about it next. General, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate the time. My pleasure, Mark, anytime. So John McClain joining us on a very busy Monday as free agency, the legal tampering period, as it is referred to, is underway. Free agency begins for sure on Wednesday. That's when teams can start to officially announce deals, and that's when we'll get some information going on HoustonTexans.com. If you're looking at the website for the Hopkins deal, you're not going to find it there. These are reports. Teams can't announce this. Well, they're not going to announce it right now anyway. Uh, the I want to remind you, though, with everything going on right now, I was talking to some friends at Houston Methodist today, and they have something very cool called virtual urgent care, and you can actually visit with a professional if you think you have symptoms whatever's going on with you medically even if it's nothing to do with the virus you have something else and you don't want to go in and maybe get exposed or whatever if you're just a little bit apprehensive about that this virtual urgent care app is the way to go you go uh, go to your app store download the houston methodist app and learn about virtual urgent care it's super easy super convenient and they are there to help you i just want to remind you about that and i'm going to be referring to that a little bit uh, throughout the week here because people need all the help they can get there during these times i want to talk a little bit about my hopkins memories what he meant to this franchise where they go from here and look i knew that this this show was coming earlier in the day after this news broke around midday, and I thought, man, you know, where am I going to go with this? Because I know it's it's hard for people to take. I talked about my kids' reaction. Uh, I talked about a number of different ways we can feel about this. I know everyone's feeling the pain about it, uh, but I'm going to share some things with you about 
the way I feel about it and the way I where I think it's all going. And I'll give you some historical examples to uh, sort of back some things up here. That's all going to happen next on Texans Radio. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. Back to the show that keeps you up to date on the Houston Texans. Texans All Access. I think the uh, Vander family is listening on Alexa downstairs, I believe, as uh, we're broadcasting from my house this evening because I'm working from home like a lot of you. And the stadium is uh, semi-open for players who are getting treatment and a few other crew members, staff members. We're going to shoot a TV show there this week, but really not a whole lot going on. It is kind of different. I think it, it reminds me of a hurricane in that, and there are numerous ways it does, but in that you sort of discover things or rediscover things that you might have forgotten about, like your house. You're not here as often, some of you who work all day long. And, you know, you're, I was, I've been home all day working, but also with the family. I mean, my seven-year-old is running around here playing with Beyblades. You know what those things are? And I feel like that's the only sporting enjoyment we have is watching him play Beyblades. I feel like gambling on Beyblades, actually. That might be a cool thing to do. I never even heard of these things until a few weeks ago, and he's obsessed. Anyway, it's uh, it's fun stuff doing that. I know that the big news of the day, obviously the biggest news of the day, is anything involving coronavirus. And if you missed it, the uh, mayor and county judge announcing today that uh, Houston bars, restaurants closed other than for takeout. And I think they want to be very supportive, as supportive as they possibly can be of small businesses, any kind of businesses during this time, but also to – prevent the gatherings from taking place, spreading the virus potentially, and no one knows. Look, I look at the number of Harris County cases, and it's still pretty low, but the testing hasn't been that extensive, and we'll just pray that the number stays manageable uh, here in Houston as you see other cities start to swell up with the number of cases and fatalities and everything like that. So let's all get through this together, like I said, work together and be there for each other digitally as much as possible. I was talking to to our crew today, and I said, you know, in this day and age of all of us being on our phones too much probably, you know, our savvy, our gravitas with the phones uh, comes in handy during this because we're so used to communicating digitally anyway, and and that's what we're doing lately. So, so many of us working from home, and, you know, thank God, you know, you have a job where you can work from home most, not most, but many of you, some of you don't, and our hearts go out to you. So, I'm, I'm again, I'm hoping we can find a way to get through this together somehow. Uh, so, DeAndre Hopkins, this is a huge deal. I was not expecting this today. People are asking me, was I surprised? Look, it's professional sports. I'm never that surprised about anything because I think anything is possible. You have players getting compensated. It's pro sports. People make decisions. People are looking at the long term. People are looking at the short term. People are looking at a variety of things. He is one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. There's no question. And I've always said it, that the Texans have been blessed to have one of the top three receivers in the game in their stable ever since year two when Andre Johnson was drafted. And and I look at the people involved in the organization right now and the moves they've made and what's been going on in the last couple of years. And look, you win 11 games, you win 10 games, you go to the divisional round. Look, I know that no one's cracked open the champagne for a Super Bowl championship. I know this has not happened. I know we haven't been to the AFC championship game. I remind you guys of this time and time again. Not of that, but of the fact that All right, despite that, you're looking at one of the more successful teams in the NFL, and 
they're going to find a way to be ultra competitive again and battle for this division, get in there again, hopefully with a better record where you can play that divisional round at home and maybe the next one as well and take it from there. They have to get to that level and they're trying everything they can. I can guarantee you this. They would not have made this move if they didn't think somehow it's going to make them better. I know it's hard to see. And I think the job of the sports media is not to freak out when something like this happens, although I get it because he's a great player and he's loved. I mean, I love DeAndre Hopkins as a player. Love what he's done for this team. But also, things are done for a reason, and you want to try to look through that and figure out what they might be thinking and might be doing. Now, you might be saying, as you're listening to this, I don't want to. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I think it makes no sense. What I've heard all the complaints, okay? And look, I'm not going to take that away from you. Go ahead. Have the, We have to have a professional sports funeral for DeAndre Hopkins today. We do, because he's not a Texan anymore, and that does hurt. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. But believe me, opening day, September, we're going to be out there at NRG Stadium, if it's a home opener or road up, wherever they are, and watching this thing, and you've got a quarterback, and you're going to have a good team out there fighting to get off to a good start in what is still a 16-game schedule, of course, but uh, probably going to 17 by 21. Anyway, we're all going to be out there, and we're all going to be hoping for the very best. And I guarantee also, and I said this with Johnny, that who's ever in that receiver group right now, it's going to look different on opening day. And I like those guys, but you know they're going to reshape things. They, they know the issues that they have, and they're going to do whatever they can to take care of it. Look, it might not work. might not work. I've seen it here before, and I mentioned, you know, the VY 39-yard touchdown running overtime, which is still, by the way, still. People ask me sometimes, what was the toughest loss ever? Was it that playoff game this past season, 24 nothing? Look, that was brutally tough. VY, 39-yard run, is, is the toughest. Because I know right now they're going to have a good t- – I know they have Deshaun Watson. They've got a quarterback. At that moment in 06, when that TD run took place in overtime, I thought, uh-oh, we're screwed for 10 years. I really thought that. Because I thought the Titans were going to win four Super Bowls. And, you know, at that very moment, you know, you have a lot of emotion in in a moment like that. And I thought the Texans were really up against it quarterback-wise. Well, the following year, they brought in Schaub. And I know he didn't win a Super Bowl. Believe me, you don't have to remind me. But they had some good years. They were one of the better offenses in the National Football League. One of the top three for several years uh, in terms of putting up yards and Maybe not necessarily all the points they needed all the time, but uh, eventually it brought them to their uh, first playoff berth and second playoff berth. So anyway, things happen in professional sports, and we got to get through it. But I'm not going to take the pain away right now. I mean, I know it hurts, and I'm eager to see what's next. You know, McLean didn't think there was a big free agent signing coming for this team because it's just not the way they appear to be handling it with Bill O'Brien in charge, but you never know. Uh, I will also say this, that the players they signed last year in free agency really helped this football team. Darren Fells was a revelation of tight end. They still have him in in their uh, grasp. Tashawn Gibson was a good signing at safety. And then you move all the way to training camp where they made the acquisition in the trade for Duke Johnson, and you look at the moves on Labor Day. They have... They have a lot of time to put together this roster before opening day. It's March. They don't play this weekend. We're going to see how it unfolds. But uh, I understand people are upset, and, and I get it. But we got a long way to go before we start playing this thing for real. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. And we're going to 
try to have fun. We're going to try to distract you. <laughs> I guess today we didn't do a very good job, but we're going to try to distract you from what is happening uh, in your life with this virus, fighting it, dealing with it. And I really hope everybody does their very best to stay home, stay healthy, uh, get acquainted with each other again. And we're going to be back with you tomorrow night at 6. Go to the website for articles, interviews, information, and have a great night, everyone. Thank you, Ben, for producing. Go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.